I call to power Asmodeus, Lord of Jockanite, purveyor of Molly, in my true name, Brocephus. I call to power he who must not be named, fuck you, Stephanie Meyer, with my true name, Neville Powerbottom. <laughs> I call to power the beast of the pit, avatar of the one true band. They're kind of obscure. You've probably never heard of them. Through the power of my dark name, Arcadius Infernus. I call to power John Glover by the power of my dark name. Dave. Motherfucker. <laughs> Damn it, Dave. Look. Who invited him? I've only had these lines for three days. I'm not off book, okay? I'm sorry. <laughs> My agent is so getting a call. I'm getting... Uh, like I said, I would take every, anything. This doesn't count. So. <laughs> Hi kids, this is Candy Coated Razor Blades. I am Bob, the weird gravity engine thing that you think is not haunting this ship. <laughs> Your host, and here are my co-hosts. I'm Alex, the inconvenient panda mash that hides all of your sins. <laughs> go, Andy, go, go, go. You can do it, Andy. We believe in you. Woo! Uh, <laughs> God damn it. The whole reason we were going to do that was so I didn't have to think of an introduction. <laughs> I win! Oh, damn. damn you, I say. Damn you. Uh, um, I'm Andy. I'm that guy who just stepped out of the airlock for no fucking reason. <laughs> um, and I am Dave, floating wistfully in space while I am frozen. <laughs> Dave is our co-host this week because I've known him forever and I'm like hey Dave come join us because it'll be fun and we're talking about his favorite movie today Event Horizon but first first we are going to talk about this awesome short that Alex recommended and that's an odd thing because everything Alex recommends is something I normally hate <laughs> he's trying so to remember the title not true watch, watch Bob stall as he tries Dave, to remember the Dave, title of the short it's born again okay. I knew that B- by the way audience members Dave is our guest host well, Andy and yeah, I are thing. co-hosts. That, yeah, that thing. Words. Yay! <laughs> Don't expect me to come back. <laughs> Dave had what, the... if, what if the ship brings you back? Ooh. Ooh. The ship always brings you back. That the... is true. That is true. Necromantic and, spaceship. And I just want, to, <gasps> I want a point of clarification. Favorite movie is strong. It is a movie <laughs> I've seen a lot. <laughs> Wow, Don't blame me for it. I just we're already, it up. I'm we're totally already blaming you for it. it <laughs> I'm already blaming you for it. <laughs> just so everyone knows, Bob hates everything and doesn't really like horror. This is all horrible. <laughs> it's all Every, every Everyone who in, recommends any movie to him, he hates. Bob really is a does. professional complainer. Oh, God. Bob, Bob watched <laughs> We Are the Flesh this week. Oh, oh, Bob did not finish We Are the Flesh. <laughs> oh, my God. God. So, the short, Born Again... <laughs> Which is when a group of bumbling Satanists has their summoning ceremony go terribly right. They're left to face this, the decidedly holy shit consequences. Which, <laughs> best description ever. That is, I didn't even read that before this. Directed by Jason Tostevin, 
written by Randall Greenland and Jason Tostevin, and starring Tiffany Arnold, Jason B. Butterin, Randall Greenland, Brian Spangler, and Ellie Uncredited. Church. But she's uncredited. She's the pregnant one. Oh, okay. I, I knew met, I recognized yeah, her. Yeah, I met she was she was in Plank Face, she was in yeah. Headless. She yeah. in Headless, you get to see her gorgeous titties. Right. Yeah. Cool. And she when you if you meet her in person, because I've met her in person a couple of times. You get she, to see her gorgeous titties. She no, will no, totally flash her titties. No, no. She she was actually real proud that in Plank Face she did not show her t- titties. Well, no, she didn't Plank Face. She didn't in Space Babes, even though Space oh. Babes is like 90% titties. Well, yeah. But um, <laughs> she always wears the most amazing shoes, and they're like 15 inches high. She is freakishly tall, even though she's not that tall in real life. Right. Uh, also, I should say, puppeteering done by Jason Tostevin. He was the one who did all the poking through the uh, okay. It was in the credits, and it made me laugh really hard. <laughs> Hey guys, I did, I, did, I did a thing. I poke, totally poke, did poke, this. Poke, yeah. Poke, um, poke. So like, I <laughs> this this premiered October thirty first on Vimeo, uh, kind of released to the public. It's been through the festival circuit. I think right. I'm gonna say this wrong, but I believe it's won three Oscar nomin uh, Oscar awards. So it can be sent to the Oscars <laughs> Academy. Ugh, the words. Qualifying. Yes, word. that's the qualifying. word. Okay. I'm like, that's the one word I can't think of. I'm like, uh but yeah, and it's won a lot of other things. Like if if you follow either Jason or this movie, that like every week for the last year it's been winning something. Nice. It's pretty goddamn great. It is. Isn't it amazing? <laughs> it really um, is. I, I will say of all of the short works I have seen and I have seen a lot. Uh, <laughs> this is the one that I think is uh, most consistent in vision, most consistent in execution, and most consistently funny. Uh, with the exception of maybe there's a short they show at a science fiction marathon called Gravity. Oh, which is, <laughs> let's help Big Sister. <clears throat> let's let's help Big Sister. But Big Sister was too busy, um, which is shot on 16 millimeter in black and white and looks like a 50s uh, yeah. movie documentary. Oh, like, okay. this is how gravity works, and it's all wrong. And, like, the dad, <laughs> you know, I went to go ask Dad about gravity, and he's dressed in a suit, holding a pipe, and he shoves the hose that he's using to wash his car down his pants. Uh, they go and say... I want to go ask Grandma a question, and she's dead. A corpse on the bed. <laughs> and they're like, but Grandma didn't answer. Like, so it, it's, the juxtaposition oh, is really good. Um, oh, God. You know, I've seen some ones with good production design yeah. um, that I didn't care for. But this one ha- seemingly had just the right amount, in my opinion, of uh, camp and... Yes. Yeah. And, I, I love everything about this. I saw it... It was at the first Nightmares. I forgot where I saw it. I think it was before something. But I just remember, like, I had heard about it. My friend Robert Grimm did, a, did some second um, second unit camera work for this. So he had been, like, showed me the preview. It was like, oh, I just worked on this. And, um, and I was just blown away in the theater. I could not believe how funny that was. I had no idea. The oh. acting in it is really top-notch. Oh, the, right? the, women, the women in particular... Just carry this. Carry this. Um, oh yeah, and, no, and I love the girl, the, the girl in really the, all about uh, in like the deer mask. Yeah, mm-hmm. there's this moment where she does that kind of like that pinching the bridge of your nose through the <laughs> yes. eye holes of the deer mask, yes. which is one of my favorite reaction shots to anything ever. And what, what kills me is that she there's really not a whole lot of like full body shots here. It's all facial reaction. These yeah. people are amazing. I love it. Yeah, they, it's it's yeah. the best use of like a constant two shot. Right, like back yeah. and forth, but it never feels stale um, for right. at all. And I like a lot of the details too. There's just like. Greg shows up and he's he's still got his Best he, Buy shirt well, on. And I watched it with... <laughs> the logo is covered, but you know that's a Best no, Buy. No, what I love, I watched that with Jordan, um, my partner's other partner, and he worked at Best Buy, and he goes, oh, 
that badge <laughs> means that Greg forgot his real badge and <laughs> had to wear the badge of shame. <laughs> Details. And, yeah, and that's a real thing. There's a badge like, of shame. Yeah. Oh my god! You, they give you like this badge, and you have to find a label maker and like yeah, print your that's own right. name. Oh, oh my god! It's the badge. Of, like any Best Buy employee would look at that and be like, "Oh shit, he's wearing the badge of shame." <laughs> <laughs> well, and, and Poor to, Greg. To Poor me, Greg. I've I've seen I saw a movie recently called Robot Wars, which is no relation to the one from the 90s which no. is campy and fun this one was super garbage right. um, so I'm just going to lay that out there um, <laughs> is it like one of those um, well what's that I got it on a red box because it said robot and wars at oh, the yeah. same it wasn't time. an asylum picture I don't no, know maybe behind, like, asylum was like, the one two headed shark the, attack the cheap ribovs oh, yes. like transmorphers yes <laughs> but um, oh, this, this one in particular did not know how much money was in the piggy bank. Um, they did not know how many ducats they had in the ducat bucket. Oh, and <laughs> they tried to make it look, they wrote a movie that would have been better supported by obviously like 10 times the budget they actually had. Uh, and my comment on that is that this, Born Again, knew exactly what their budget was yeah. and tailored the story to inside of their budget. Right. Like, because for me, the best reveal is when the door cracks open and the sunlight streams in <laughs> and you realize it's a storage space. Yeah, and you're like, yeah. oh, I thought this felt cheap because it's a, an indie movie. <laughs> no, these idiots don't have any money. It's like, cheap because they're pathetic. Because they're pathetic. So yeah. like they really, that yeah. the layer of we're shooting this with our iPhone in the, you know, whatever. All of their money was spent on those masks. Okay. Those masks were gorgeous. <laughs> yes. And the prosthetic. Even the prosthetic. Yeah. Oh, the prosthetic. They looked really belly, good. Yes. The, 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 the panda mask was my one of my favorite parts. I remember just like mask. giggling horrifically. <laughs> so I have to have our, our official gay moment. Have you seen Jason? Ooh. Because Jason is Ooh. absolutely gorgeous. My God. Yeah, yeah. I'm sitting As, in a puddle right yeah, now. Yeah, just like he is an absolutely gorgeous <laughs> man. He, he looks like uh, a Ben Affleck. Yeah. Please tell me he's gay and in an open relationship of some he's, kind. He's, because I want a shot. I want a shot at that. He's married with children. Uh-huh. I doesn't mean he's not bi. I don't. Well, I haven't asked him personally. I mean, of course. we should know these things, though. We should know. <laughs> we should know. I'm probably going to tag him in this somehow and have him listen. Yay! So he'll know that we're all very much attracted to him. But well, it's worth saying. <laughs> three quarters of us are very. much I mean, attracted we still to haven't him. figured out how to pronounce Gevergesian. So no, and, yeah. Oh, and she, and she kind of. Well, unless, I mean, she maybe, did maybe you do have this insane like bro crush on Ben Affleck, and we just didn't know. Um, <clears throat> honestly, Hugh Jackman. If I'm, if I'm, oh yeah. I mean, everybody wants yeah, to I fuck got, Hugh Jackman. You know, I got nothing bad to say about that. Hugh Jackman when he did that rom com with um, what's her face, short brown hair. It was a bad movie. The Fountain. Um, <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh, 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 that hurts. I love The Fountain, but I love The Fountain. But a joke is a joke, and I'm going. That's a good one. No, it was it was like an actual made to be rom com. But there's a shot of him where he's like just in these boxer briefs on top of. Um, like a bar, kind of like, you know, bar kitchen thing. Uh-huh. And apparently during filming, there was a shot where he moved the wrong way and his junk just completely fell out. I uh, need you say that the outtakes. Exactly. The wrong I was way. like, where's that footage? Like, why wasn't right? that released to the public? I know. It's interesting. Yeah, Hugh Jackman has kind of turned into the Russell Crowe that it's okay to masturbate to. I still masturbate well, to Russell Crowe, but that's, I, that's, that's, that's I just, just because can't. he turned there into, was, like, Fat Daddy. I can't. There, I'm okay there, with that. There, there was a joke going around X-Men fans uh, <laughs> in, since Logan has yeah. been released oh. now 
um, that the public knows who X-23 is. Mm -hmm. Um, And the joke among comic book fans was that X-23 was created for all the fanboys that felt ooky masturbating to Wolverine. (laughs) (laughs) Morgan, I think, is fantastic. Oh, no, but there's just so little to talk about because there's nothing we really hate it. There's nothing to make fun of either. One thing, I will have one one beef. And my one beef is there is a shot and... I thought about it for a second, and it is important to see the woman who's pregnant's eyes. Um, in that shot, we're establishing that stuff's going on, and the camera dips so that the plane of her eyes dips below the horizon of her belly, and you cannot see her face for the shot. Mm. You're trying to get a reaction out of her, like, oh my gosh, it's coming! And it's a slight camera mistake, in my opinion, but that's a, that's a beef I got. It, it's something I didn't even notice. Yeah, I, just, I, I went to I film it. school. I know. Yeah. I know. Yes, Dave is a professional. <laughs> no, I just we are not. Well, I, I worked I, in the biz. Okay, I worked in the biz. <laughs> I also really loved that the end. Were you hit on by Kevin Spacey too? I was not. Um, I was told I was fat by an Inside Edition guy. Oh, rude. Yeah. Oh. Oh, Kevin Spacey. Oh. Joke. <laughs> Speaking of people like... in the infancy of their career. <laughs> That's a much worse segue. I don't care. Let's move on. I like mine better. <laughs> it was. It was yeah. better. So Cowboy Curtis was on a spaceship. <laughs> <laughs> yes, but between, between Cowboy Curtis and that spaceship, he, and was Glinda. In, he was in Elm Street 3. And Glinda the Good Witch. Oh, he was. Yes, as Larry Fishburne. Yes. No, well, he he's first. His, okay, so here's my film nerd trivia. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. He lied on his application to Apocalypse Now. That is his first movie. He was supposed to be... That's like a lot of people get into the military. So he lied. He was supposed to be 18. He told Francis Ford Coppola uh, he was 18. He was actually 17. He is the deck gunner on the boat in the river, and he is credited as Larry Fishburne. Mm. He's credited as Larry Fishburne in other places, too. That's it. Elm Street yeah. 3 was the first place I ever saw him. Yeah. Well, was, I saw wasn't him he was Larry Fishburne but I didn't know he was him. He was Larry no, for was a long time. This, this I, was, think, yeah. I think this the beginning he, of the 90s is when he flipped uh, to he, Lawrence. He became Lawrence. Uh, he did... Um, I still call him Larry. He, did the bi- he, he was in the Tina Turner biopic, right? Yeah. Uh, he was in what? He was Ike. Yes, actually. He was in Mar- <laughs> He was amazing. <laughs> Those legs. Best Tina yeah, we've ever God. seen. So, so, Dave. Yes. Give uh, us the details on Event okay. Horizon. So, the details on Event Horizon is that it was released in 1997. Mm-hmm. Um, it was directed by Paul Anderson. Uh, he would later be known as Paul W.S. Anderson. I don't quite know why the differentiation was necessary, but I do know that at the same time, we had to differentiate between Parliament Funkadelic George Clinton and... Uh, Mike Myers composer George S. Clinton, who are different people. Um, well, because at the time, didn't they need to? Dif- eventually, they needed to differentiate him from what Paul Thomas Anderson, I presume. I I don't know honestly. I don't have any backstory. I just know that he was not credited as Paul W. S. Anderson in this one. Um, and he would go on to direct a Resident Evil and Aliens vs. Predator, and cast his wife in everything. And this was after uh, this was his big follow-up to Mortal Kombat. Yeah, yeah. Yes. that's actually how they gave him this. Project. I love and, Mortal, yeah, Kombat. Mortal Kombat. I love that movie. It's turned, horrible, but I love he it. He turned down X Men. He would yes. have been the director that of X Men. Motherfucker. He, he really did. <laughs> oh god. But I mean, I suppose we dodged a bullet. So uh, yeah, I well, because his X Men would have been. He he took this because he wanted to do something more gruesome. But it would have had violent than. Okay. Yeah. I don't think X Men by Fox is going to be more gruesome and violent. Yeah. This was written by Philip Eisner, uh, who has written all of three things. This was the first one. 
uh, Firestarter 2 <laughs> rekindled. Oh my god, so good. Uh, oh my god, no, in no, it's not. So five years later. Oh my god. And then he wrote uh, the Mutant Chronicles movie in 2008, which I've actually seen. I've not seen Did I, he actually die? Because I hope so. I don't know. I didn't have any information <laughs> on that. Don't hope for his death. Jesus, That's dude. Terrible. No, I, I hope that he has already died. I don't wish that he died now. I think the career but I'm probably like, has. The career is dead. The other things Philip Eisner is, has done with his life is he helped create the Sacred of Death Society where he they took four random people and tried to teach them how to stop their fear of death. Uh, the, He's also been an actor in a short film called And Out Into the Bright Blue Sky. And he made a film-length Making of of Mutant Chronicles film uh, length. Oh my god! I uh, so uh, other things that uh, are interesting about who worked on this film. Uh, the cinematographer was Adrian Biddle, who shot Aliens, and also shot V for Vendetta, or would go on to shoot V for Vendetta. And Everybody so, has a low point in their career. Actually, the, the shooting wasn't <laughs> it's bad. Not, in this it's really movie. not bad at all. Uh, that's, that definitely explains a lot of the yeah. Aliens comparisons. Although. Um, yeah. I agree. Mm-hmm. Cinematography well, and, and script and literally yeah. everything else about it. I have to give Paul, my partner, credit. He totally looked at the spinny ball thing that in the room that was supposed to be a, a solid... The gravity drive? Yeah. Yes. And went, that looks like Geiger did it. Oh, but no, I can see that. Yeah. And I was like, go you. Not enough penises. No, there's not, not enough, enough vaginas. There's a lot of stabby oh, things. Yeah. There, there, there are plenty is, of... The... Well, no, there's a lot of sentient holes. Yeah. None of them seem to be in that room. It's just like no. giant <laughs> lakes. No, 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 but they've got, they got the knife room, You, the knife hole you have to walk mm. through. Who oh. does it star, Dave? Who does it star? Yeah, really? All right, so uh, we have Larry Fishburne as Captain Miller, the captain of the U.S. USAC, uh, Lewis and Clark, which is our rescue ship. We have Sam Neill, who, if you needed to do a Lovecraftian horror movie in the 90s, or Jurassic Park, as was brought up earlier. He's your dude. He's your dude, because he was in The Mountains of Madness, and I love that movie. Uh, So we have Kathleen Quinlan, who would go on to play Jim Lovell's wife in Apollo 13. Yep. She Uh, actually has two roles in this, too. She's in med tech at the very end. Interesting. So <laughs> they ran out of budget. Um, <laughs> they my, ran out of a lot. My theme for walking through this was I didn't think people had careers after this film, and I was wrong. Uh, so we have Jolie Richardson as Lieutenant Stark, the XO of the USAC, Lewis and Clark, uh, who I thought never went on to do anything anymore. And she was most recently, as far as I remember, in that Wizard of Oz show that was on NBC last year, playing Glinda. <gasps> oh my God! She was also in a hundred episodes of Nip Tuck. Yeah. Sam Neill's follow up to this was Merlin. <laughs> I loved that that miniseries so much. It was delightful. (laughs) Um, Then we have uh, Richard T. Jones, another person who I thought went nowhere, nowhere, uh, who played colloquially uh, Spaceman Cooper. He is a rescue technician, um, and in the aliens table scene, they don't really know what he does, and he's like, I just do things. Um, He went on to play uh, James Ellison in like 173 episodes of Judging Amy. Ew, he was in that horrible Santa Clara Diet show. But I liked Santa Clara Diet. I could not get past the first episode. I liked it. I have not seen it, so I don't have an opinion. Drew Barrymore is a zombie. A a vomiting. A non-stop vomiting zombie. She stops that after the first episode. She's like been preparing for that role all her life. Right? Yeah. You took the joke right out of my brain. (laughs) That's about all I had. I I would also like to point out that this actor sounds... It's way too much like Denzel Washington. Like, close your eyes and you're like, does he star in this too? Nope, that's not him, but... Woo. So so the next person is a character actor that shows up everywhere. Um, and he sounds like a good time in the 80s. 
It is uh, Jack Noseworthy. Of MTV's Dead at 21. Who was in Idle Hands. Yes, he went on to star in Idle, to be in Idle Hands after yeah, this. Yeah, he did not he, star in oh, Idle he Hands. Was the, he was Randy, the one he was, was truck the, dude. Yes. Randy. Yeah, the, like the, the totally not gay The Randy. not gay one. Yeah. <laughs> Who Vivica A. Fox doesn't Who actually straight. really is right. totally gay. So actually, so I the whole time I was watching this yesterday, or re-watching it yesterday, I was like, subtitle in my head, Randy goes to space. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my God. <laughs> like, Randy. And uh, so, it's okay. When I watch Don't it, touch my Ford. Dr. Alan Grant um, has a career after <laughs> right. his trip to space. Park. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he becomes world, an engineer. You, you just yeah. say the world is taken over by dinosaurs. They have to go to space. Yes. Yeah. Um, so we have Jason Isaacs, the current captain of the USS Discovery on Star Trek Discovery. Daddy Malfoy. Oh, is that? Okay. Uh, Did you just say Daddy Malfoy? Yeah, yes. Daddy Malfoy. Lucius Malfoy? Yeah. yeah. No shit. Wait, that's yes. Lucius Malfoy? That's Lucius. Jason Isaacs, yes. Yeah. Lucius Malfoy. He's oh my fucking god. Yeah, he's Lucius oh, Malfoy. Oh, I can see that it. And then so Sean Pertwee, the, the med tech DJ. Yeah, and then yeah, Sean Pertwee, who sorry. is no, no, that's who, and the next person is Sean Pertwee, right? Who is currently Alfred on, on Gotham. Gotham. Yeah. yeah, I like him on yeah. Gotham quite a bit. Fuck my mind. So, just got I just really wanted Alfred those two, shit. Jason Isaacs and Sean Pertwee, just to fuck. Oh, I just, really needed that to happen. And now Keith. Now Keith. Now Keith. Well, what I loved is there were de- there were definitive times in this movie where I was not sure which one was on screen because they're both just very vaguely similar to each other, um, and DJ doesn't ever speak except for like very specific moments. TJ has but this he little does blue sort of scalpels a lot. He does. Well, I was I've seen this movie before, so I was only like half in and out paying attention. So it was like I would look over sometimes and be like, "Which one is this? Which one is this? <laughs> are you are you there saying is. are you saying that?" British character actors all look the same to you? They do. Racist. They do. <laughs> Apparently, my go-to voice is Denzel Washington, um, and all British character actors are just the same. I would also like to point out that in the future of Event Horizon, Britain has been consumed by the European Union because so. they all had European Union um, <laughs> right. stuff on their yes. vests instead yes. of like U.S. Good flags. Well, what I loved about that is I was like, Oh, so does that mean that like by twenty forty we we moved past Brexit? They've rejoined, right? Yeah, much. <laughs> That's just such a weird thing because there's that there's this little like I hate it when movies do that like the opening crawl where they have to give the date and they set it like oh it's nineteen ninety seven we'll set the you know twenty fifteen mo- yeah. mining on the moon begins right. and they really thought that was far enough in the future that ah no one will get that and meanwhile it's two years after that and we're not yeah. mining on the moon. We're I arguing still whether or my not killing Nazis car, in a video okay? game is okay. <laughs> Transformers the movie happened oh. ten, 12 years ago. Oh my, God. oh my God. I can't believe Michael Bay. Oh, is sorry. Stop it. reminding sorry, us that we're no, old. No, you say Transformers the movie. You were talking about the 1984 That's animated the film. 1986, yes. Uh, sorry. That was that was actually the title of that. It was it was supposed, yeah. it was Transformers the movie, and it's yes. it starts with in the year 2005. Oh, oh Christ. <laughs> The, sec- the next season starts with in the year 2006. The Decepticons are blah, blah, blah. blah. So, uh, so, yeah. The two th- yeah. So, 20 years is plenty of time, right? Yeah. yeah. We'll, have, yeah. Fun. we'll have transmorphers, I mean, formers by then. Yeah. Yeah. Giant robot cars <laughs> who look like my dad. So, but I, I do have to say, this when, I, when the movie starts, and I did not remember this because who would, the fact that we just basically look at like a, a literal sentient hole for a good five minutes, I was like, this was yeah. built. Built for the podcast. Yes, Built yes, for us. <laughs> and, that was wonderful. Uh, and you get to see the credits get swallowed by them. Yeah. Right? And the driving 90s score. The, the, the wah, fucking wah, Orbital. Wah. Michael Kamen meets Orbital. I actually yes. like yeah. the score. Uh, the score was not it's, bad. They actually, they did something 
uh, they integrated the orchestral elements really, really well with like the orbital beeps and boops. Yeah. Except every so often, because it's the '90s, they slip into break beats, which don't belong in this fucking movie. Well, what I, what I but love that's is what, that's what everybody did in the '90s. I'm pretty sure that I have a genetic condition where all '90s scores fly completely over my head, and I forget that there was music. Right. Yeah. Because it was the same thing with Idle Hands, where like you guys were talking about the music, and I thought back, and I'm like, no, I honestly could have told you this music was not scored. <laughs> like, I don't know what it is about 90s scores, but they just, I don't hear them. Yeah. This one's but, actually good. This one's not bad. It's not like trying to listen to um, Lost in Space, which is the same I, genre. Really I love that movie, right. though. I really love that retooling because of the theme Apollo 440. Well, yeah, personally, I agree. That was really good. I had that soundtrack. I just really enjoyed. I What's so this? I. I enjoyed Matt LeBlanc, you know, trying not to be Joey. Right. <laughs> but with lasers. Yeah. So fabulous. haunted house movie in space. Yeah. What you a haunted house? Is that what you're calling it? Well, That's basically what it is. It is basically what it is. The first Alien is a haunted house movie. That's space. what it was conceptually. It's not a haunted house Alien, movie. Alien is a slasher. Alien is, no. No. Alien is just place horror. Yeah. I think you're just calling haunted house movies mm. place horror. There's also, there's also a fair amount of body horror in Alien as well. There's, yeah, I mean, yeah. because and of the, the stalking, so slasher. Yes, there is just the perfect amount of body horror in that because I'm fine with it. Honestly, I <laughs> remember <laughs> hate. I know body horror. I, body horror is my jam. Next week we'll be reviewing Videodrome. Mm-hmm. Only not really. No, Jeez. no. But so yeah, haunted house in space. Ugh, no, it's place horror. I love place horror because the ship. Well, is... the ship is the ship is the ship is alive. The ship yeah. has a malevolent entity residing within it. Yes. That really is textbook straight out of the haunting. Oh, fine. So, so yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna be a little weird on this one because I have some weird deep dive sci-fi knowledge in my head. Oh, go for it. Um, the approach scene where we hear we're in for some chop, which is uh, we're gonna shake the camera and everything straight gonna, out of aliens. Hey, straight mm-hmm. out of aliens. Oh no, um, that's straight out of like every episode. Of I want to know how a fucking ship is orbiting a planet in the ionosphere. Well, yeah. the is okay, that even so possible? It has gravity. It. It is, except, well, so the science of it is, sure. Well, they, the it, problem it's a decay is, there is no science the science of this whole movie. movie is, sure, yeah, yeah. let's yeah. do that. But, but the long story short is this felt very, the approach and the setup and the, we're going to have rough seas until we get to this place, and right. then it's, we're going to be becalmed, um, and then we're going to have this grand shot, and it looks like a Klingon D7 from Star right. Trek. Yeah. It, oh. it very, it's, why, I mean, so much scaffolding. Um, what what spaceship station thing ever needs giant unnecessary scaffolding? What so, spaceship needs gigantic gothic columns? I mean, <laughs> so all of them need and that. Arches so, this, need so that. this is my point. Yeah. Disney made a movie in 1979, The Black Hole, called The Black Hole. I love Hole. The Black Hole. And yes. the USS Cygnus has a very similar production design. To oh yeah. Mm. Oh, does it very oh, scaffold? Yeah. It's very heavy. long. It is covered in scaffold. It's all I glass. Understand. It's, and it's, it's got not a good movie. Shell in it, it's so. worth watching. It's, it's, not, yeah. it's not a good movie. I just, it's not a good but it's w- totally fun. Scaffolding to watch. is one it's of those. It's got things. Anthony Perkins in it, though. Yes, it does. And Ernest Borgnine. And, yes. and Maximilian Shell. But everybody loves and Ernest Borgnine. Not only Maximilian Shell, but also Maximilian's Shell. Right? Boom. <laughs> that just happened. Boom! Get it. Never. They can't all be winners, kids. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, I just. Scaffolding feels like one of those design elements that oh, yeah. you look. You, we, the people who live on Earth, look at it and go, yeah, it needs scaffolding. Well, I'm assuming that's what happened in room. Well, I don't know what that, what, what accent was that? That's kind of my almost New York, California accent. Hey, that's kind yeah. of like, I don't know what I'm doing. Yeah, no, it's fine. Hey, it's, it's like, a, what? Hey, that's going to fall apart in space. Why don't you wrap in some yeah, metal? It's, it's fine. Some metal. 
it was me not doing a stupid person with a West Virginia accent. Right. So that's well, all we can hope for in life. What's well, kind of like it actually kind of it's sort of like uh, what Roger Ebert used to always refer to as a smoke and flame factory. Like when <laughs> when you get to when you get to the end of an '80s or actually it was big in the '90s when you get to one of those uh, to the end of it where the hero has to have his showdown with the villain. Oh, like the it's boiler in, room. It's always in some kind of vaguely industrial looking room of indeterminate yeah. purpose, yeah. other than to have a bunch of fucking pipes and fire steam and, and yeah, fire steam. and smoke it, it's, yeah. it's right up there with have you ever really seen a boiler room they're not five stories and <laughs> exactly. don't, they don't go on for two miles right. like there's never a need for that much piping ever yeah. well at the end of Terminator 2 it's like wow that is the most dangerous steel factory I've ever seen right? or, and I've been in steel factories yes, exactly. yes. they don't drip steel everywhere no. No. OSHA violation and you get an OSHA violation <laughs> and you get an OSHA violation <laughs> no and that's like that's every Nightmare on Elm Street where there's like never ending just hallways of right. boiler room piping. You're like, love to see where this. are you sending this hot water? How is it still hot? It's <laughs> not <laughs> seeming by this point. Look, it's just self-confident, okay? Exactly. It's just self-confident. <laughs> like seriously, the meat grinder hallway. What, what exactly yeah. was the point of that? It, it was to, to look scary. It really yeah. was. The like, point was to keep the gravity. The points in the were all along the wall. Yes, yeah. out so that you could walk through and it wouldn't have to yeah. change. Do, do those blades actually have something to do with the magnetic I'm, field? I'm I pretty don't... sure if you threw like whole turkeys, they would slice it and bring it back. Maybe. Well, I, it, the the information that it read to me, a science fiction nerd at the time, was it's pointy. Because pointy discharges energy. Yeah, of course. Yeah. So like on a car. Right. Yeah. yeah. Like yeah. I, I think, don't I think because which is why fifties cars had fins. Yeah, because aerodynamics real important in space. Right. Trying to apply any sort of scientific rigor or logic to this movie is Oh no, a it waste needs of to time. be done. No, no. And here's okay, so it's like from the very beginning in the table scene when Sam Neill demonstrates the power of the gravity drive by inserting a pin through the vagina of the girl in the pinup and then right. and then removing it via her head. <laughs> Did she actually get credit? Because she really should have had <laughs> she done done a lot of work. Yeah. She gave a very um, natural yeah. performance. You know, Andy, you don't understand. So like that's 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 where this movie starts. So, and so, it just gets weirder from there. No, it yeah. starts with prophetic dreams. Well, no, no, no. We start finding out that it in 2015 there was a movie, or there was a, 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 a moon, moon colony, uh, a drilling uh, colony. No, no, Mars is mining. 30, oh, Mars. Yeah, Mars is, seven years that, later. No, moon mining? is just living. What are moon. you mining in Mars? There's not a lot of good Martians. elements. We don't know. Okay, we need we people. We do know. Ice. We have a lot of soil hey. samples. What? We don't know what's underneath that, though. Martians. People to oppress. Underground Martians. <laughs> Right. Um, we just need to get them a giant jewel, and then we buy the land from right. them, right? That's right. Right. Yeah. Beads. Yes, beads. Anyway, uh, <laughs> then in 2040, we find out eight, eight years after colonizing Mars, we build this. So obviously, the gravity drive lived on Mars. Uh, making this a 40K joke, there's a god of technology that lives on Mars, and we dug him up, and that's how we built the Event Horizon. That's how that works. Um, no, but the event Sometimes is- I'm very surprised you get laid, Dave. <laughs> 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 Not more than I am. Not more than I am. Uh, but I, I, we did need to, co- to comment about the crappy CG. Oh, God. The opening sequence. There is oh, much. God. There, there is, is much. much. See, I, again, crappy, we, and we've had this Water in a sub-zero fucking environment okay, needs to be oil. frozen. It, actually goes, it goes even worse than that simply because in that opening scene when, when Sam, uh, it was not cooling. Sam Harris. Sam Harris Sam is an Neal asshole. Sam Neill mm. is a different asshole. Sam Neill uh, is shaving in his mirror and he is disturbed by the dripping and turns to stare aghast at the really shitty CGI Slow water. Motion, CGI the unnecessary dripping. CGI See, water. And that's, wow. Because just make the, it drip. Just yeah. No, so I mean this is and this is the conversation we had with other CGI moments. The CGI never bothers me. 
I, I, could, I fully accept levels of CGI as I grew up as it progressed. Yeah. So to me, I just accept it. I just give it to the movie. Think of it like move this. Move on. I, I hate bad practicals what more you than say? you hate. Think of it, hate think of it like this. Making fun of shitty CGI is the same thing as making fun of being able to see the strings in a movie with UFOs. It's the same thing. Yeah, you don't make fun of that, though. To me, I'm just like, oh, there were strings. They couldn't get rid of it. Yeah, yeah. I I think um, my beef with it is that in the moment of 1997, and I saw this in the theater with a bunch of friends. Twice. Uh, I didn't see it twice. I saw it once. I I saw it twice. He did, because he's a glutton for punishment. Oh, Oh, I actually really loved it. I loved it the first time. I didn't like this movie, Bob. It's um, not that I don't like it. I'm just not the biggest fan of it. We'll get there. Yeah. And and so, in the moment, this movie looked pretty awe-inspiring, especially on the big screen, and it looked... Because CG's new, and I agree with that. But we had already had Jurassic Park, okay? <laughs> and, I, and I have a hard time with this two. one because... We've already had Jurassic Park. It set such a high bar. To be fair, Jurassic Park had something like three times the budget. I agree. Of Event and Horizon. half of their budget was spent on the shot of uh, the space station of Rome going around Earth. Right. Yeah. So, which is there for all of six seconds, and then they cut the extended scene that happens in that space station. Which, if you again watch the commentary, you get to listen to Paul Anderson drone on about how he was really happy they cut it, but he thought they missed a lot of really good things by cutting it. So I just feel like, I feel like in that commentary, there was an executive there with like a pen going, every time you don't tell one of our lies, we're going to cut your budget. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> well, because the interesting, because, yeah. well, suppo- I would imagine Paramount would be on board because like after people started giving a shit about the movie when it hit DVD, they actually, according to legend, they approached him and were like, hey, you want to do one of those uh, director's cut things? And he was like, yeah, actually I kind of would. And but then they, they never realized, did it. No, because the footage was lost. They stored it improperly. The footage was either lost, degraded, or destroyed. The only surviving version of the original cut of the movie, which even by Anderson's account was bad because it was cut together in four weeks. Yeah, because mm-hmm. they uh, cut his time. Survives yeah. on, a v- on a single VHS tape. And, and could transfer that? They discovered it. I'm sure it's probably like, been transferred. Well, no, that's, I don't know. As according to the Wikipedia, uh, it, he discovered that it existed in, tw- in 2012. Yeah. And... He makes a point of saying, yeah, neither I nor the guy who owns it has actually seen it. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. So, well, it was it was 30 minutes longer, yeah. which I can say I didn't think this movie needed 30 it more minutes. It did not. It needed a different 35 minutes than yeah. what was cut. It, it, um, and most of what was cut was just like, was probably the crazy rape scene that, that you only get 10 seconds which, of. Which, let's be honest, that's what I was in it for. I was in it for the crazy rape well, scene and the disemboweling in, in, so the, in this, the end. So this movie was sold to I mean, me once was, upon a time as so crazy violent and so horrible that you couldn't handle it. Like, you would watch this and it would be terrible, and I didn't watch right. it for years because of that. And I remember distinctly watching it and being like, really? Like, I've seen, like, PG-13 movies that are more violent and terrible than this. In I know, with that 30 fucking seconds was... that we're all trying to fucking frame advance through. I, I saw, I saw the stills on. from that, because that's how I actually got hip to the, to the movie in the first... Wow. I actually said that unironically. That's how I got turned on to the movie in the first place was from the cover of Fangoria magazine. Right. Is a picture of the bald dude with the big spike coming in the back of his head and coming out his mouth with the maggots. Yeah. That's the cover of Fangoria that month. Well, of course. I bought the fuck out of that magazine. Fangoria was very good. They're still good about that. They don't have a physical magazine anymore, but they still publish like they still pop out those perfect photos. So they had yeah, so they had like all of these amazing photos and it's all of that stuff. And a couple of a couple of establishing shots of 
of like the bridge with all of that looming marvelous archway yeah, it, stuff. It, it was ve- the design um, of the Event Horizon was gorgeous. For really, this kind of I thing. want to live there. And I, I mean, only so I could not. I could not get into that I mean, into that theater fast enough. I wanted to see it. And I mean, I suppose once you're possessed yeah. by the evil spaceship, you don't care. But yeah, Samuel had a great life after he was possessed. So I think that Maybe. actually he died in the vacuum of space. He died. I, I agree with you on the, the I couldn't get into the theater fast enough. Um, I was just learning. I didn't like horror growing up. Ghostbusters scared me. So <laughs> I, I, Ghostbusters <laughs> scared me, but I still no, love horror. Be- Beetlejuice Loved is what it. scared me. That and, that uh, yeah. the stair scene with the snake Beetlejuice oh, yeah. that that took me out of horror for a good three years. I watched years. Jaws in a drive-in, and I was three. Well, that explains the differences between you and me. Yes, yes, it does. Or at least some of them. Oh, actually, I uh, the library scene at the beginning of Ghostbusters, I actually ran and hid when I went to see it mm-hmm. in the theater. I, I was like eight or nine at that point. Yeah. Jesus Christ. And <laughs> and then, uh, but at the same time, like, I grew up to, I grew up, it was only a couple of years after that that I was watching Slashers, like, hard. Right. So. Right. See, they weren't allowed in my house. They weren't allowed in mine either, but. Well, see, <laughs> my mom was a horror hound. She was always yeah. watching stuff. I saw Piranha, basically. When my parents had no idea what I was watching in the basement. Uh, I was. The... Really, the only movie that I remember scaring me for the very first time, remember being scared at a movie, was Poltergeist. See, my first my first horror my first experience with horror was I knew Friday the Thirteenth was going on because I was a child in the eighties. Mm-hmm. I knew uh, Freddy Krueger and the Nightmare on Elm Street series was going on because I was again a kid in the eighties. Yeah. Right. Um, but my first experience was I was a freshman in high school, and the other kids in my church youth group decided that we were going to go to the beach in Chicago for a moment. And then we were going to go back home and watch Carrie. So uh, that was my first horror film. And I was like, I love hey, this isn't just mindless people running around slitting each other's throats. This actually has a point. And I can see the reason Plug why horror up. needs... Plug it up. Plug it up. Plug it up. I know I've mentioned your favorite movie, Bob. It is. You're it is welcome. my number one You're favorite welcome. movie. Uh, You're welcome. But Friday the 13th, that is what got me back into horror. Like, watching all those movies in order is, like, what spawned my, my current love of horror. I've now, still never seen the original Friday the 13th. I've yeah. seen two through, like, eight, and I never saw the original. Oh, nine is good, too. And ten, ten is, is in space. In space. Because, because the Godwin's law of horror is that if it goes on long enough, it <laughs> goes to space. space. Yep. Leprechaun, and the Hellraiser. people that write those movies need to be shot no. before they can finish writing. Jason no. X is one of the best in the whole series. Only because it's his, fucking hilarious. He just wanted his That's machete back. Perfect. Oh, yeah. It also <laughs> has like <laughs> and then the beating the two the the beating the one person with the other person oh doing a sleeping bag no. is amazing. Oh my god, I just love premarital sex. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> and I, smoking illegal drugs. I, I don't think you drink drugs, Morty. Oh, oh god. <laughs> So Love going it. back to Event Horizon. Um, so we're uh, so we're we're still on rough CG. We so, are. Event, we are. so Event Horizon. What one of the things I love is I feel like they did a great job making over Sam Neill. They did because for, he was for the you know the makeup effects that they threw in. They did a wonderful job of like maintaining and keeping and making first Sam Neill and second Sam Neill. Distinctly mm-hmm. different makeup wise. Yeah, I, I agree. It's they did. They did not, however, take Jason Isaac's body, like silicone rubber body double, and give it genitalia. No, they didn't. <laughs> Where was there a body? There, there, where he was hanging up in the middle. Vivisected. Oh, no dick. 
Zero dick. I saw I, like two I paused seconds. it. I looked. Frame advanced that shit. No, bitch. I have fucking stills on my phone. I was looking for that dick. Oh, right. <laughs> they weren't going to show think it. I, you think I lie? I, I do not lie. lie. There is no penis. <laughs> there was no penis. On that body double. I looked. <laughs> I also, I also, if we're going to talk about the. We talk the, about dick. I'm fine. The fake, I have one. It's okay. The, the fake No one in this movie has one. Movie. <laughs> no, I'm pretty sure Sam Neill has a small one in this movie with oh, big balls. So, right. so the thing that I, I love about this is that they set up his name as kind of a pun. Um, because Not if you weird. read the if you read the credits, oh, weird. Yeah. he is weird, W-E-I-R. Yeah. Okay, yeah. and it's on his shirt. Yeah. And then in the credits, they refer to somebody as the Weir Beast. Mm-hmm. And so it is obvious that oh. they wanted that to be a pun. We and did. I love it. That's awesome. I love it. No, I, but um, movie but, uh, physics was... Yeah. Um, my favorite moment of, of oh, angry movie physics yeah. is... What's-his-face... Um, Isaacson, is that the one DJ. who... DJ. DJ. No, not him. The He's other the one. Sean Cooper? Sean Pertwee. Or Pertwee. Not the British people, the American Are you talking about one. Jack Noseworthy? Uh, Jack, Justin. The engineer Justin? Justin? Yes. The little yes. kid. Yeah, the, when the he, young one. When baby he, bear. When he, yeah. Yes, baby bear. <laughs> the whole flying out the airlock, bleeding yes. from his eyes. Bleeding from his eyes, yeah. exploding veins, like everything about that was painful and wrong and hurt me. Yeah. Really nice to watch. Like I yeah. really liked the blood like flying out. Oh, yeah. Right. And This movie uh, is really eye-obsessed. My favorite thing about that is that scene didn't exist in the original cut because that was originally part of this whole scripted thing at the beginning mm-hmm. where they went and rescued this random person from being killed in a mining operation on Mars. Mm-hmm. Huh. So they were coming back from Mars. That's when you first them, And there was this like 20 minute scene that never got filmed. Like it was, it was storyboarded and they cut it real early oh. and, uh, and, Paul Anderson talks about it because on the if you watch if you have the Blu-ray it's a you could watch the storyboards and he talks you through it. Oh, that's cool. And there's the that whole scene wholesale was stolen from that moment where same character it was um, Larry Fishburne you know flying at him bleeding from the eyes and everything and and they watch they like looked at the storyboards they looked at the film and they were like this is really stupid mm-hmm. like we literally spend twenty minutes watching people we don't know save people we never care about and then we go start the movie. Yeah, but they kept that one scene and they gave it to him because they realized that he had a part in the beginning, and then they fish in the bucket, they chicken the bucket at him, and never saw him again. Yeah. So they're like, "Oh, we can give him this scene because we need to do something with." They basically him. just put him on a bus. Yeah, and then after that, after that scene, they chicken the bucket at him where they're right. just like, yeah. "He's never gonna be pretty again." Yeah. Right. Now, yeah now, he got a he got a good a good couple like orgasm shakes. That's better than now, a wig in a bucket. Now, now I will I'll be really <laughs> honest. What the fuck, Claire? <laughs> that that scene in the theater uh, blew my mind. Like, Did it? it is one of my personal fears of being controlled by something outside of myself. Sure. And then the fact that he is, you know, RC card into the airlock mm-hmm. and starts the cycle, and then it allows him to regain consciousness in order to know that he's screwed. Right. But that I don't get that. That moment That's actually... That's the ship fucking with people is what see, that is. Well, and I, I'm, I can be on board and I can work through it, but yeah. my just the internal logic of the movie, if you watch the movie through and you don't... and You just kind of go with every twist and turn. That's the moment that doesn't make sense. Yeah. Because the point was he's supposed to be so terrified by what he experienced that he wants to kill himself. Right. Instead of experiencing it again. So when he wakes up and forgets, that's when I'm like... 
I don't know if it's real or if that's when the... I almost want to read it as that's when the ship takes him over and tries to manipulate the other people. Well, see, I think it's the other way around simply because it's right at that... It's during that sequence when you see Weir, who's like, you know, his head in his hands. Then it's after that that Weir really starts to go off the fucking rails. So I think it's where the ship kind of changes its... Um, it, it, it sort of takes its possession focus, I don't know what to call it. Away from him. Away from Justin and gives it to Weir. And, and here's uh, another and, thing. Because Weir is a really easy target, but Justin is an easier target because he got sucked into the void. Exactly, because he Weir, was, ba- Weir was kind of crazy before he went because he's got the yes. whole my wife killed herself and I'm still grieving thing Yeah, and on. then and he keeps hallucinating that she's there with her empty little eye vaginas. Right. Mm. Um, so I, I, felt, I felt like yeah. the whatever was possessing the ship always kind of had a hold on Weir. Yeah. To an extent, like I, because he because he built create. it. I think we're well. That's the one of the tricky things because about he this could, movie. yeah because he has it's, eye vagina visions before right. he gets anywhere near the ship. Yeah, and he has he has he very clearly has major major problems. And it's, I think it actually is. It, there's a, a scene in the shooting script which didn't make it into the cut where he is basically arguing really hard for his for them to send him to the event horizon. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's that's a, that that's that scene he's that they a, cut from the beginning. He is obsessed with going back to the event horizon. Yeah. So he was already kind of there. It's sort of like a shining thing yeah. where Jack was already fucked up and therefore susceptible. And, and this is where we bring in the Lovecraft stuff because obviously Lovecraft fiction is very madness driven. So we've got someone who's basically already mad who built the ship that's going to make everyone else mad. Yeah. And then you've got Justin who's new to the madness, but he kind of gets fully immersed in it. Right. So so he's the, the lead in to this whole he- big cosmic whatever he he has seen the things that man is not meant to know yeah yes that's his whole and stick. name yeah. he who should not be named and and the the thing that got the that uh justin's arc for me gets the reason i say that it's the ship letting him go to experience it is because if you the other people see visions of things that are horrible and they fight through them but like Kathleen Quinlan doesn't consciously, her character doesn't consciously kill herself. She, like, runs to try and save her dead kid mm-hmm. and yeah. then falls off the third-story access port, right. apparently. Yeah, she's, I love that, like, like, random. Right. Dumb mom tunnel vision It's very, right um, yeah. did anyone see The Forest? I did. I did not. So, not a great movie. I not, couldn't see not it. Not too many trees. I was on a flight to Japan watching yeah, yeah, that of movie. Course. But that, that's a big thing in that where like, they're in the, the forest where everyone kills themselves. And the forest always makes oh. you think that mm-hmm. you're you're doing something important, but you're actually like slitting your own wrist. Right. So, back to Event Horizon and the no eyeballs fetish. Oh, what is it with eyeballs? I don't know, but there's a lot of them. The 90s was all about eyeball porn. Yeah. I, I mean, it like melted into the I early scream, 2000s. Ice cream well, is a trope. But I'm like, come on. Well, actually, to be fair, eyes are a huge deal in this movie because it's not yeah. even just like the missing eyes, the the eye oh, the windows to the soul, the bleeding, the, the bleeding from the eyes. But yeah. there are several the, shots. The guy who takes his eyes out and holds them in his hands. Yes, and but there's Very, uh, um, there, there are Toro. two two Before different uh, yeah. shots of two different characters. Close-ups, really hard close-ups on their eyes with mm-hmm. the gravity drive. Oh yeah, right that, that's in when the they're pupil. possessed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. well, again, we're we're talking about. The, the saying, the eyes are the windows to the soul. Yeah. And if those, if your eyes are being removed, there's a problem. Well, and I mean, just in general, but soul eyes. I was going to say, that's also a larger problem. I mean, all people who have had an eye removed, you don't not have a soul if you believe in a soul. Right. Thank I you, mean, Bob. To, to, <laughs> to be fair. Uh, it's symbolic, damn it. The, yeah. the, the, the psychology is when you, you are very good 
is we are very good as human beings at looking at faces. Yeah. We know what they look like. Um, it's one of the reasons we see ghosts everywhere um, is because we will we read anything with uh, it's an inverted triangle with three open <coughs> points mm-hmm. as a face. Yeah. Um, because we didn't get eaten by tigers four million years ago. Because we went, I bet that's a face. I'm out. Peace yep. and ran. Right. And so um, it's immediately off-putting to displace the eyes. Because if you uh, study how people see faces, they go to the eyes first. Yeah. And you want to look them in the eyes, and then you start tracing around the other side. Eyes and so, mouths. And that's uh, going back to the Pan's Labyrinth thing. Yeah. I remember there was a lot of talk about when uh, Del Toro, in particular, said that when you get kids to draw pictures of what they find scary, the first thing they do is they start to rearrange facial features. So yeah. that's where that's where the pale man came from with his eyes in his hands. Yeah, and that's and that's what yeah. is kind of the Picasso thing. That's where he yeah. ended up. Well, and, and I mean, we all know that, because I've covered it in Trope Fest and in the book and whatever, that one of the best ways to invoke the uncanny valley in a person is to shave off their eyebrows. Because then they, we don't have that point oh. of reference for emotion. Then we have extra forehead. Right. Mm-hmm. You get that Neander forehead. Yep. So. And the Ta-da. only reaction to that is murder. 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 Now that's murder. The, that's the best thing is to erase celebrities' eyebrows. Like you just erase. There's a whole. There's a whole theme. It's for creepy that. and hilarious. It's wonderful. It's, it's wonderful. <laughs> just like like drawing eyebrows on babies. Okay. So um. <laughs> but um, like literally on the baby. Right. <laughs> on the baby thread. The, the movie had a really, I mean, we've kind of hinted at it. Event Horizon had a really, really fucked up pr- production. Um, yeah. the, the story is really bizarre. Like, they had, Paramount was already way, way deep into Titanic. Mm-hmm. Uh, Titanic was supposed to be released summer of 1997. They pushed it back. Um, well, they pushed it back for Oscar reasons. Well, yeah. they pushed it back for a, a lot of reasons. The big, the big story on Titanic was that it was running way, way, way over budget. People were starting to talk about it in terms of like Heaven's Gate. Mm-hmm. It was, of course, it was sinking. Yeah, it was taking yep. on water. Well, James Cameron, sure. James <laughs> Cameron had to self-finance part of the movie because no one would give him any more money to finish well, it. That's because he uh, had but such I a really hard on. Submarine. Right, he had such a hard on for the Titanic but, lore and right, the, right, and he's a, he's an insane <laughs> person. But the point is. Well. To, to be honest, I have still never seen that movie because I know how it ends. Oh, no. Bob, it's, it's I went and saw that movie as a 1998 birthday present. I, I was 11. That was my birthday, birthday present, present as ever. an 11-year-old. We went to this international restaurant next to the movie theater where they served a dish from every country. No idea what I ate, which I'm surprised I don't remember that hmm. detail. And then we went and saw Titanic as an 11-year-old, and I was the most excited about it. And then I saw it two more times in theaters. <laughs> and that's how we knew you were gay. No shit. Sequel? So the point is... So Titanic, so Titanic was like getting a lot of really bad press, and Paramount was in trouble. Uh, so what they decided was they had this movie, Event Horizon, they had the script, they had it ready to go. Titanic in space. And they were like, well, here's what... So they were like, okay, we need a hit to take the heat off us so people will stop talking shit about the stake that we got in Titanic. So they get Paul Anderson, and they're like, okay, here's this project we've got can you do it? Here's, and it already has a release date. It hasn't gone into production yet. We have the release date already set. Right. That was still, that was common even in the 90s. Yeah. Though. And yeah. he signs on, he makes the movie, um, despite knowing that with the scheduling of how it's going to be, he's not going to have enough time to edit it. Usually you get 10 weeks, he got six. Right. And two of those weeks were spent doing second unit shit and reshoots. He had four weeks to edit this well, thing together. Yeah, well, 
That's uh, because they he, the, what he turned in, the MPA gave a hard NC-17 with not even... They didn't even return notes. Um, honestly, they just returned the NC-17 and said, we don't know how you can make it better. It, goes even, it goes even worse than that. Uh, because it's the, the rough cut was two hours, ten minutes long. They, they had the first screening of it. Paramount had not seen it. No, it, it was 137. 137 is two, so two hours, 17, 17 minutes. Okay. Fair enough. Um, the, the sound had not been mixed. They had not actually even gotten a chance to go and digitally remove the wires yet. Mm. And it was insane. And the audience hated it. Paramount really hated it because it was too gory. And they were like, I don't even know if they even bothered. insane. Yeah. And then the, the more I hear about it, the more I'm like, fuck, that's the movie I want to see. I know, right? That's the movie I was sold. <laughs> that, exactly. Yeah. That's right. Like, I want some Hellraiser shit in space, only You're without right. Pinhead actually in space, because taking Pinhead to space was the stupidest fucking well, thing. Pinhead in yeah. space was not even this movie. It was I like, know. we had a space story, and then a Pinhead appeared at the end. Ha ha ha. Right. <laughs> so basically, they like, no, gave the him the. They, they sent the movie back to him. Like, this trademarked. sucks. Do something else. And so he yeah. cut 35 minutes, 30, 35, 40 minutes out of the movie. And yeah. unfortunately, it was the wrong 40 minutes. I think uh, so. I don't think it was the wrong minutes. They kept he, all of the aliens ripoff stuff, which cut, I could have done without. They cut the violence. I think that's yeah. the point of how gory this movie was. Supposed to be. And how much it didn't. I need somebody they, to remake it they exactly the way it was made. The um, first pretty time much Can Evernall already did that. It's called Baskin. <laughs> I love that movie. I do too. Uh, one of the things that I think that is. Uh, the, the orgy of evidence of the wife in the space station. The orgy of evidence. The orgy of that. evidence. There's and that now. There's many fair, orgies of evidence. The, the, the I one, saw that footage. See the one that I that gets me in the um, Event Horizon is in on the ship, not the movie, but in the ship. We're talking about inside the film, right. and they have the glowy pods on the bridge, right? And one of them, and it's very subtle, and it's the one closest to the back bulkhead, has. Gore smeared on the inside of it. Yeah. Frozen gore, yeah. Frozen gore mm-hmm. smeared on the inside of it, and it's never lingered on. It's no. never yeah. mentioned. It just kind it's of it's just there, and you're like, well, I know there's a frozen popsicle dude who dropped to the ground and shattered because and what right? But he, I don't understand him other than that one moment. Like I thought that was the captain. I don't I know who that you. was because everyone else vanished into the ether except for that one random person who was just floating. Right. I was expecting more bodies to fall. Right. And then I'm like, oh, nope. And they must have just sweeped him up and never talked about him because they never mention him. He was just a pile of melted goo. Yeah. They left him behind for the viscera cleanup detail. Well, but what I love about cream. that is there's actually a level in the game viscera cleanup detail where you clean, like you have to go. I don't know if you've heard of this game. This I weird little. I have not. It's a first-person cleaner game. It's like a. Oh. It's like you're you're following behind the per, the, the like hero of a first-person shooter, and you have to mop up the blood and pick oh up the God. the, oh the, the case. Kind of sounds fun. And I'll, it's, it's, I love it. It's a marvelous game. Yeah, yeah. There's actually a level in there where you do have like a big gravity drive chamber. Oh, <laughs> and, nice. and it's zero g, and so you can like turn the gravity on and off. Oh yeah. And oh, it's it's Delphine. marvelous. But what I love is there are so many points yeah. in this movie where they like they start listing all the reasons they shouldn't be on this ship. And one of the listed items was never the person that obviously was frozen to death and fell behind me. Like, that was never brought up again. Like, obviously, they just sweeped it. There's no point raising your hand, Bob. Bob, Bob has his hand raised. I, I do, because I have something that's that's kind of somewhat related, only not really. Okay. But, um, that was my point. So, that's fine. So, so Kathleen Quinlan's character... Sorry. When she starts getting the whole oh no madness hallucination thing, imagines that her son is on the event horizon. Her son, who is 
paralyzed from the waist down is and he, is on Earth. Is he paralyzed or was that just her fear? That, it might have just been like No, her, he was in a wheelchair. How would we According know? to her video. I, oh. didn't, I didn't remember seeing that, so I didn't Horsey, know. Horsey, so she's like oh, pushing yeah. his wheelchair around. Oh, okay. So he was yeah. injured in some way, and now he's on the event horizon with his legs being eaten by bugs. What? How do you not know that's a hallucination? That, yeah. Because. Oh, no, they teleported him here. Ah, evil, ah. Based on logic, it's not working. You're inside the yeah. internal consistency of your own. Yeah, and, that's, and a lot of that, is, that's a lot of this movie, though. All of their hallucinations are like, why would that be happening in this moment? They're all why weird. Is this pe- why is yeah. this person here? Yeah. Why, why am I that... trying to have sex with my dead wife? Why does the doctor in, in keep in threatening the... to cut people with a scalpel? Uh, that's a little, yeah. He was I a little like, psycho. I feel like he was. The, the biggest, I feel like we he, needed some backstory. The, on I him. love that they had basically two doctors. They had like a trauma doctor and the just long-term care doctor. Right. <laughs> I feel like they really, a lot of the characters as part of like the shortness of the movie ended up being very underwritten. They were. Yeah. Um, like, like Little Bear doesn't have a purpose besides just being like fodder for the whole. Yeah, his his yeah. His, his actual <laughs> name is his name is Justin McGuffin. Like they just like they pass him around. Yeah. It's like oh yeah. we got to take care of him, and yeah. um like Miller, Justin the idiot ball. Miller is basically a Mary Sue, um, yeah. because his only character flaw that the ship can exploit is <gasps> I tried so hard to save this guy and I just couldn't because I, know, I he's cared burning. too much. Burning forever. Okay. So one thing I, I love I, the literal flames. Right. Like, yeah. Well, the, the and the one thing that I will bring up is this 1997, and it, it the thing that brings me into this movie, and I always have to take a break to remember, <laughs> is that their obsession with CO2 scrubbers. Okay. Yeah. So yeah. In, they mention them in, quite a few times. In, they they do. In the end, in, that's what saves them. In Alien, the missing CO2. Okay. Yeah. In Alien, they talk about if they're going to have a long term shuttle flight after they lo- leave, they need coolant. Mm-hmm. And so that's one of the things that leads to the death of two characters is they're trying to collect coolant for the shuttle yeah. and the xenomorph shows up and clips both of them. Mm-hmm. In this one, the zero-G fire, which is Miller's thing, yeah. and yeah. the CO2 scrubbers, which are Kathleen's, Quinlan's, you know, her, her shtick all her, the time. Right. The air tastes bad. They're, they're <laughs> that was Stark. So, so the reason that we talk about those and why they were in the cultural zeitgeist at the moment was that in 1997, Mir, the Russian space station, was still orbiting, and we had an American astronaut on Mir, and it lit on fire oh, on yeah. the inside. Yeah. And so we had hmm. the first real big uh, fire in space. Mm-hmm. There was a lot of smoke. That it was on the news a lot that they were talking about how the CO2 scrubbers may or not may or may not be able to handle the load of having open combustion in one of the pods. Oh, wow, yeah. And so that was there because everybody knew about it because that was a story. And now you look back at it and I'm like, I thank goodness I'm a science nerd and I can accept <laughs> this. Right. Because zero G flame doesn't look the same and blah 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 blah. But yeah. going into the I can't imagine somebody who's like 2025 right now going i want to go back and see what the 90s were all about and they're like why are these guys always shoving these tubes into smaller holes like, <laughs> I love that's it. all well, about I don't know they, need, they had it's the same so reason the many enters tubes. at the vagina right. and exits at the forehead yeah <laughs> so many co2 scrubbers like yeah. that was right up there with like the cd like there there had to have been a point I in figured... sci-fi where someone went we probably just have less of this thing. Some like we still have right. it, but there's less of it. You know what? It's not a, more. It's <laughs> the um. I think the big the big analog of that these days is that whole procedural porn thing. Yeah. And in the nineties, <laughs> in the nineties, it was yeah. like sci-fi, like 
kind of procedural. You have the the crew of gung ho people, and you got to show a little bit of their ship life. And yeah. You got to show this, and, and you got to show what each of them does. So they got yeah, and it's uh, the well, abyss to, was they that alien necessary exposition. They got to have their CO two scrubbers, and at at some point, somebody has to utter the phrase the, five by they five. Have, they have I to don't have, know what that fucking means. It oh, means everything's okay. No, that means you have thing. five fingers on each hand and five toes on each foot. Five by five. Oh. Yeah, that's all it means. It's actually not. It's a I know. Term. No, no, but that is actually where that came from originally. No. Well, anyway. That so I don't know. It's, yes. I always thought it related to something. And you also have no, to have the miles that. of, you know, crossing an intersecting, you know, green yeah. square corridor that someone has right. to crawl through to find the one oh, burning yeah. that fucking was, chip. That was completely unnecessary. Like, just actually, How far was, does he have to that fucking was crawl? That literally my favorite scene in the that movie was when to- I saw it in a theater because it was very claustrophobic. It was, it was really nicely done and it, it doesn't mm. look like anything else in no, that yeah. movie. It's right. super, but that it, color it's actually doesn't show up anywhere else in thing. it. It's totally jump scare porn. Though. And there's there, and there's that gorgeous, weird, uh, that Hitchcock uh, vertigo shot. Yeah. I forget what that's actually called. Um the yeah the where you push in and zoom out exactly yeah yeah and that is it, it was it's really really stark and it's really amazing no that, and then the lights go out yeah and it's the and close was, focus or whatever the, I I about shat myself in this theater when that happened that yeah. was very tense and very effective that it was, was the best a, scene in the it's movie. a good shot it is a hundred percent jump scare porn though I mean it's seriously like he goes in there you know something's gonna get him well, he's duh. walking 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 lights go out come on go out go, like seriously it's built to be yeah. like. Yeah. You come right when the jump scare happens. Now, now the funny thing is... <laughs> Clean is it up when you're done. We, I forgot to mention... Well, actually, in the shooting down. script, he actually doesn't just, like, tuck his head against his wife. He actually, in the shooting script, he actually was supposed to, like, have sex with her. Nice. In the compartment there. I'm sure... Th- I mean, the, the amount of sex... I mean, if you want to shove your dick in those, like, weird holes in her face, go ahead. I vaginas. Claire has very... <laughs> She's Claire is always. Tight, she shows up making fuck me eyes at him, but I she don't does. think that's the kind of fuck me eyes we're talking about. <laughs> so the interesting thing with this one, a that yeah. is a paramount. Mournful tits. Um, <laughs> oh my god. She did have really bad pepperoni nipples. Is is? Do you guys know who played his wife in that? I forget her name. No, I've... it is Alice Krieg. That's not Alice Creek. I'm pretty sure it is. No, it's not. All right, I could be wrong. Let's let's verify. She that. looks very fi- similar to Alice Creek, but it's not. I don't Do remember her name. Everybody grabbing their phone. I know. If only I had a device that connected me to all human knowledge. See the oh, wait, two that's thing- Mario. Can't so, do that one. So the thing that ha- the thing that happens with technology because we discussed it is that you either go. I'm going to have this but smaller when you like watch Clockwork Orange where they have a very tiny. Was Claire his wife? Yes. 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 Holly Chant. Okay, I was wrong. Sorry. Known for The Crow, Other Voices, and Headhunter, the video game. Neat. The PS2 video game. Neat. I wish The Crow was more horror. It's still horror adjacent, but I like it. Oh, no. She was in The Crow City of Angels. I'm sorry. Uh, No, we don't talk about that one. I'm so sorry. So there's a difference between horror and horrible. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, it's it's a weird tangent, but like I watched The Crow a couple years ago for the first time in 20 years. And yeah. it still fucking works. It does hold up. She was it very obviously a porn works. actress, it by the way. It looks fantastic. Ooh. Everyone should know, very obviously a porn actress. So they were fucking Which nice. explains those mournful tits. Well, they actually had, they actually did hire porn actors for like the, like yeah. some of the orgy scenes and, and some of the, like the, the blood soaked shit right. to, yeah, to make I'm, that more real. I am sure. As Which is of, why the one dude was bent over with a woman's arm right up his ass. At yeah. least 15 minutes of that cut footage was probably just blood orgy in yeah. the cabin. Yeah. <laughs> Which again, should have been there. I, yeah, want, no, I want my blood orgy. I do too. We all want the blood, blood yeah, orgy. Yeah, really do. 
Because we're sick, sick. I realize you were in the middle of making a point. I just forget you were. Was. <laughs> no, no, no. It's not Alice Creek. Because oh, I was going to okay. say she shows up then in Star Trek. Yeah. Contact, um, which would have been, I think, a year later. Yeah, something like that. I like that. Whatever. So, like, not to... to <laughs> I, I do want to bitch about the characters a little bit more. Okay. Um, Go for it. Because, uh, really, again, going, where is the only where is the only one who really has any kind of development whatsoever? And it's he develops into evil, like yeah. well, yeah, but it's but at also least it's, his, a heel, it's a face heel turn. He like, has well, yeah. he's he's actually not even really all that much of a face at that point because he's he's kind of aloof yeah. and distant and a dickhead. He's from aloof, the beginning. distant, he's a dickhead, but he's also kind of milk toast and just like a no. And he's he's also he's, he's trying a, to assert himself and nobody lets him. He, he is like, he is obsessed from the beginning with his ship. The yeah. truth is, he has basically the same character development as Alan. Grant in Jurassic Park, which yeah. is like, yeah. I hate children. Oh, I I now like children because I was forced to take care of them. Yeah, I love this ship. Oh, now I am an evil entity possessed by this ship. Like yeah. it's, right. I almost want to be like Sam Neill. Did how is your character development as an actor? I just, I just want to know who wrote this book. Someone, oh wait, now I'm crazy because but on the hunt for Red October, not nearly as complicated. <laughs> just saying. So <laughs> there's a, the real problem. Like the real problem is like the rest of the characters have literally nothing to do. Cooper is the wisecracking black guy who fixes everything and should be a really interesting character. And but should isn't. be dead because who's going to use all of their fucking oxygen in a space okay. to he's, shoot he's themselves out of shit? He is alive specifically. A, he had a backup tank. B, that's just hanging a lampshade on the fact that he is meant to be a very deliberate subversion of the trope that the black guy dies first. Yeah, yeah. Right. They tried really hard not to kill the black guy. Yeah. They had to. They had to subvert that trope, and so and, and it was the nineties and was the Clinton the time, administration, mm-hmm. and everybody was really yeah. interested in going. Hey, we're not racist again. Yeah, this so. was also one year after Scream, right? Where the subject of tropes and horror movies had just been raised, so they had. So it was trying to be self-aware. So they as well. absolutely. Plus, so, the, but apart from that, he has no real personality except he's the, he's the wisecracking dude, right? Um, the uh, blonde, uh, blonde Stark. Stark. Stark, thank you, has literally nothing to do in the entire movie. She doesn't. No, she's a terrible XO. Her own, her only <laughs> reason for existing is to a tell Miller the ship is alive. B be rescued by Miller so that Miller can have his crowning moment of hey, maybe I'm not a heel after all. And then panic. Yeah. When they finally do rescue, right? Her. She she totally does the Sigourney Weaver on Galaxy Quest, where all she does is repeat what the ship says. Yeah, like for as an XO, she was horrific because she never accomplished She's anything. Completely superfluous. She could never make decisions on her own. Mm-hmm. I want to be like that's the point. As my an favorite, XO, you my, make decisions. The, the thing the thing that sums up her character best to me is right after Miller pulls her out of that stupid uh, bullshit decompression scene that every sci fi movie had to have at that yeah. point. Yeah. Um, they hear this banging at the airlock and they're like, oh my God. So uh, Miller grabs this great big honking bolt cutter and she grabs like a little wrench. Right. Um, so basically no, she's it was like, an axe. fine. She but grabbed, still. but it was, it was very deliberately smaller than his utensil. Who needs a hatchet utensil, in space, by the way? Smaller than his utensil, I completely mean... superfluous. And incidentally, once they realized that it was Cooper and he still had other stuff to do, like those weapons disappeared completely. Like, yeah. like yeah. apparently it never it never occurred I, to Miller that having a weapon might be handy I, in a haunted spaceship. No, seriously, I, I need um, this question answered. Bolt cutters, I can see needing on well, a space station. An, a, a hatchet? The Lewis and where, Clark. Where are you going to get firewood? So yeah. Lewis and Clark, they're going through the Pacific yeah, well, Northwest. They want to find the Northwest Passage. And, Fuck off, Pocahontas. And, well, the Lewis and Clark was the not... The Northwest Passage <laughs> goes from the vagina to the forehead. Yeah. Lewis and Clark was not an expedition vessel. Oh, that was Sacagawea. Sorry, excuse me. Wrong, oh my God. wrong Indian. Oh, uh, no. Native the, American. The Lewis and Clark was supposed to be like a rescue vessel for miners. So you would have an axe for when you were Children? on... <laughs> 
<laughs> Not minus, minus. Oh, that face. That face was awesome. Yeah. That, so they weren't, that, that was all of Larry Fishburne's, um, you know, character development, was that he was an angry captain of a ship that was right. misappropriated yeah. because Sam Neill had a bug right. on his ass. And he, and, right. And, and they, they talk about it being dangerous. Like, he's like, nobody's ever made it this far out and this far back. And we all know, like, the, the event horizon is like a cautionary tale. Like, yeah. They're like, we don't want to go because we know what happened. It died. Everyone died. That was seven years ago. Everyone's mm-hmm. dead, Dave. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. They're all yeah. gone. But so, it. but it's that, and uh, so the only people who survive are the people that we have no reason to care whether or not they survive. Exactly. Yeah, we have the worst final girl. The ever. only reason we care we that do. they survive is because Miller wanted them to survive. Yeah. Right? That sucks. Yeah, it does. That's really yeah. a lame end way well, to end your movie. What I think is really weird about um, kind of going off of surviving, yeah. I, I think it's very strange that people, when they come out of stasis, have prophetic dreams about coming out of stasis. Yeah. And that it happens twice. <laughs> and you would think that we would get, like, beyond this whole, oh, no, I have to vomit and fall to my knees every time I come out of stasis. Why? Yeah, we still Why? do that today. You have to, you have to, expel, like, the, you have to you, expel, like, the fluid that's in your shit. If you hate yeah. their faces covered. Yeah. If, yeah. If you, if you oh, wait, no, it's they, like a mask. It it's an oxygen No, because he, he had the mask in the dream, but he, I don't think he had it when he woke he, up for real. He reasons. had it when he woke up, but in the real version, it just pulls right up. Yeah. Oh. The moment he moves, the mask pulls, oh. and then it starts to drain. Like, yeah. it's in the dream it's version. It's a death chamber, and also, it's going to, and I will say that that, and it also moisturizes. There's yes. there's a specific I oh, okay, is one of DJ's <laughs> lines and I'm going to talk about the science because it's science Do fiction. It. Um he well A is smoking as he delivers this line. Right. It's fantastic. Uh, what kind of asshole smokes in an, in an environment where there's limited oxygen? oxygen. Environment. Doctor. The doctor. I know. Oh, the Actually, trauma no, doctor. No, no, they yes. smoke. Doctors smoke. Yeah. So a lot so of I, I understand that. You know, there was yeah. there was a joke I went and saw uh, uh the day the earth stood still, not the old one, the nineteen fifty. Yeah, the good one. No, no, the good one, not the Keanu Reeves one. Oh, uh, the original. So you went to see the good one. Yes, yes. that's great. Right. Okay. Um, and Patricia Neal was there, so we got to blah blah blah. It was part of a uh, science fiction marathon shown at a local theater. The thing that always got it, they got a, the biggest laugh the entire twenty four hours watching science fiction movie, is that there are two doctors discussing uh, Mister Klaatu. and they're like, "How old do you think he is?" And they say, "I don't know. He's probably about thirty eight. And they said. No, he's actually 78. Dun, 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 because it's the 50s and we right. don't have to think about stuff. And and the one doctor looks at the other one goes, how do you think he stays looking so young and lives so long? Both of them put their foot up on a stool and both of them light a cigarette. <laughs> and everybody... <laughs> and they go, I don't know. Magic words. Klaatu, barada, necktie. And, and nickel. <laughs> definitely an N-word. But, but the, the joke is, is that doctors smoke in science fiction because science fiction has smoky people. But um, the doctor then says, we're going to accelerate at 30 Gs, which, okay, fine. And, and, uh, and it said, your spine. you need to, yeah, you need to be in this couch or it'll liquefy your spine. Or you need to be in the, the, oh, the, the cabin the of solution. Yeah. You yeah. have to be in the water stuff or it'll liquefy your skeleton. Yeah, exactly. is, right. and, and I went, ex- except there's human beings that have survived 42 Gs for, for time. So, uh, yeah. No, that, the, science. The two, I felt Does like, not exist here. <laughs> I felt like at multiple points... She doesn't want you to know science. (laughs) At multiple points, there was an extra person still in the tube in every scene where there were (laughs) tubes. There was always, like, an extra person hanging out that, like, just never made it. 
There's Justin. They put Justin in the tube. Is that what it is? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Because yeah, yeah. they're like, he'll too. never be pretty, but we're going to put him in the tube so that when we finally so, leave, yeah. we don't have to worry about where he is. And Jack Noseworthy never worked again. <laughs> but then there was like, there, I felt like there were tubes oh, on the, the Event Horizon where there was just extra person in the tube that we're just not going to talk about. So, I, I mean, ultimately, like, looking at this movie back when it was a new thing and, and bringing, bringing it to now... I liked this movie when I saw it the first time in the theater. I did actually see it in the theater. It was enjoyable. My ex hated it, but my ex hated everything, and I hate my ex, so that's fine. Sweet. Um, hmm. Now I'm watching it going, what the fuck did I find so enjoyable about this movie? I don't, <laughs> I don't get it anymore. And I'm just like, you know, no, I, I can't with this film anymore. Well, and, and there's a line, when, since we brought up Hitchcock, and we've already broken Trump on that one, right. um, there's a line in North by Northwest where they, where Cary Grant and I can't remember her name, but are sitting in the Eva movie. Eva Marie Saint. Are, okay. Oh, wait. And, and, yeah, they're not sitting in the movie theater. They, they have watched a movie and then they're watching through the, walking through the uh, Mount Rushmore. And they have a, a big cross section of a tree is, and they're talking about the time and is stuff. Is that North by Northwest or is that Vertigo? Like, no, it was. Uh, even Marie Saint is North by Northwest for sure. Okay. Well, even when Marie so Saint in, was in North in, by Northwest, I thought of, that scene was from Vertigo. Maybe that scene is no. That's no. The movie point. watching scene is in North by Northwest, yeah. and what it is is she, they come out and and she talks about she's seen the movie four times, and that every time she's seen it, she's felt that the movie has changed. But the reality is, she's just changed, and she got different things out of it every time. And so mm. I think that's what we're talking about here. Is that in 1997 we were all where we were right. at the time, yeah. uh, sophisticated, unsophisticated. We didn't live in a, a wash, you know, mid twenties in an abusive relationship. So, well, fourth grade was really hard. Uh, I was in college, but, but <laughs> <laughs> and, and to be fair, one of the things that's coming up in more and more criticism that I hear is that in 1997, I had had the email address that I have now had for 23 years for three years. Mm-hmm. And, that is, I didn't have a Facebook account because I didn't have a Facebook account for plus 17 years after right. this. Um, I didn't have, you know, a Twitter account because I don't have a Twitter account for plus whatever. And the fact that we have a different media consumption cycle. It's Vertigo. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> okay. And so, because we have so that a different. Would have been Kim Novak uh, and uh, Jimmy Stewart. I love Kim Novak. Because we have a different media consumption cycle. We've become more sophisticated. We more knew more. We know more tricks. The jumps, like I ruined. Uh, I have ruined people for horror films just by saying, if it's going to be loud, it's going to be quiet. If it's going to be quiet, it's going to be loud. Yeah. And people go, what? And in the 90s, that wrecked people. Mm-hmm. And because the yeah. fact that there were tricks and there were ways that they were people yeah. are manipulated by watching films, um, and those are reused, and yeah. you can't unsee it. And they're still used. And they're still used. It was uh, somebody we were. I was watching a review last night, and somebody talked about the fact that the the act structure of the original Star Wars lines up with where the people are located. So the prologue's mm-hmm. in the ship. The first act's on Tatooine. The second act is in the interior of the Falcon to the interior of the Death Star. Mm-hmm. The last act is in the X-wing, and then there's an epilogue that's on Yavin Four. You'll right. never unsee it. You'll never unsee it. Yeah. Boom. Yeah. You know. And so. We're more sophisticated now as an audience. We're not, A, wowed by CG anymore. Right. So it's not novel. I mean, it was relatively like five years old, mm-hmm. more or less. Yeah. So of the fact that a low-budget production, right. relatively, well, okay, I'll put it, the word relatively mid, in there. Mid-budget is usually yeah. the term yeah. they use for yeah. that. Well, 
if you count the fact that half of their budget was wasted on a shot that no one cared about, right? It yeah. was practically a low budget movie. Right. So, <laughs> so it was a very rushed mid budget. Yeah, production. it was something we don't see very much anymore. Right. Um, which is the industry will tell you that you do a hundred and fifty plus million dollar tentpole. Mm-hmm. Or you do a forty million dollar comedy, right? Yep. And that's all we do anymore. And so, or you spend like or two two million on a horror film. Yeah, but yeah. but your own money, right? You show well, up with not the, with Bloomhouse. Well, they'll, they'll right. fund you. Or like, <laughs> but like the like the the the, the James Wan shit. Like right. they'll spend like yeah. four or five oh, yeah. million bucks on those, and they'll, they'll get it back. That's oh, they will. Well, it's just like, and, but, the, but again, we have to yes, remember exactly. they're cheap. Mm-hmm. Again, we have to remember game. that with horror, we, they basically have a captive audience. Horror fans are horror fans. Well, and they're and watch I think it. I think what he's talking about is what makes a horror fan. Yeah, it's it's being able to know those things and still enjoy the genre versus oh, like yeah. people who will you know. If, if, if you are a big enough horror fan and you talk about it enough, you get those people who are like, oh, I love horror movies. And you talk to them about horror movies and what they love is like, oh, I love that jump scare. I love this. And it's like, I right. love jump scares. Oh, yeah. But I love them because I know them. Mm-hmm. They're like my best friend that I cuddle with. You know, they're my blanket. <laughs> right. I know when a jump scare is coming a <laughs> mile away. You on the head with a pan for oh, no yeah, reason. Yeah. Yeah. Or remember, goes, bam. actually wrote a book on this shit. I, I know how the tropes work. Yeah, and it's, so. I think that's the difference of being like an actual horror fan versus just someone who likes horror movies. Right. But, and it's something that I, I, I like to talk about a lot because I think being able to recognize those things and being able to like bad horror and being able to like poorly done horror is what really transforms the difference. It's Mm -hmm. not just like, oh, I liked to be scared. I like horror movies. It's, no, I like the genre and I like to appreciate the genre and how it's used. So, like, when I talk about science fiction, I write my own Mm -hmm. subgenres. Because people, when you say science fiction, most of them get the image of either 2001 or Star Trek or Star Wars. That's what you're probably going to think of first. And I'm like, oh no, my favorite subgenre of science fiction is convict blood sport. Mm -hmm. People are like, what? I'm like, okay, so they're trapped in a society and forced to fight. Death race. Death death race is convict. Tron. Running man. uh, Rollerball, I consider Mm -hmm. part of that. And not the the new one. Not the fugitive. Um, Words. Also, um, Logan's Mad, Run. Logan's Mad Run. Max. Lo- Mad Logan's Max. Run is game. different. They, yeah. So they have to be forced into a game. They have to be forced into some sort of gladiatorial combat. Oh, is it the Hunger Games? Mm. So yeah. Hunger Games works. Yeah. Um, also, I guess Battle, Battle Royale, Royale kind Battle of Royale. Also yeah. science fiction. But not yeah. Battle Royale 2. I haven't yeah. seen Battle Royale 2. Don't. Oh, it's, I haven't it finished it yet. It doesn't fit that trope at all. It goes a whole different direction. So, But <laughs> uh, Gamer with Gerard Butler. Oh, God. Which I have sick love of like because yeah. I'm part of the video game scene too so like right. yeah. there's stuff for me to love there but I agree with you is what I'm saying is that when I just you, like Gerard Butler well he's pretty Gerard. love him gorgeous anyway you were so saying. so um, he, when 20 years ago you hadn't written a book right um, 20 years ago we were you know and the other thing is too the, inter- in- the instant access to information changes our perception you know 20 years ago I blew people's minds like I said with the, with the, the film school stuff well, mm-hmm. 20 um, years ago Scream blew people's minds right. just, by, just by arguing yeah, arguing what horror fans already knew about right. yes. by just getting into the meta which Scream wasn't the first movie to do that but Scream yeah. was the first big movie to do that yeah, yeah. and that's and Kevin Williamson just does it well so Scream yeah. was a good version of it right mm-hmm. he can't do much else but he can be yeah. overtly meta so, right right and so like, yeah and that I don't I don't think that science fiction other than Galaxy Quest which wouldn't come out until well, maybe it was out by then 99 it was 99 or 2000 so Galaxy Quest is meta Very. in that it does it does sort of the same things that Scream does but we, we aren't there and and horror science science fiction and horror have always been uh, kissing cousins 
Mm -hmm. Um, And at the same time, also, I'm going to just insert a little thing here um, that also to a to another degree in the popular culture, you'd started seeing some of that meta conversation starting up as early as stuff like um, Reservoir Dogs and Pulp Fiction. Yeah. Yeah. Quentin Tarantino Um, was relied on that. Again, that was also that was that was revolutionary at the time. Mm -hmm. Kevin Smith came along and did the same thing for for Star Wars and nerd culture. Yeah, Mm Because it was like Quentin Tarantino did meta for thrillers and for crime movies. Yeah. And then, uh, you know, Kevin Smith did meta comedies where we were really used to that. Star Wars and. Well, and really and the the thing is, is that now we live in a world where that's common. Yeah. Yes. Um, and and twenty years ago, Clerks was a year old. Yeah. And and uh, Reservoir Dogs was was four. Yeah. And Pulp Fiction was three. And we were yeah. talking about doing. Um, they were talking about doing Jackie Brown, mm-hmm. and that brought into it back to the the black hole. They, yeah. they, they, well, there's black exploitation, which uh, <laughs> had, had that not been clarified, that would have been a really uncomfortable <laughs> sentence. I was just gonna say. I was I was saying that we go back to uh, the black <clears throat> hole because the captain yeah. of the Palomino is in Jackie Brown and yeah. And, yeah. and and what uh, uh, Tarantino was doing was mining people whose careers had hit a stumble. That's yeah. why that's like why career. Travolta ended up is in, yes. in Pulp Fiction because yeah. he was resurrecting Travolta. And I think it's also kind Bruce of Willis. he had Same done thing. something like terrible like Hudson Hawk and yeah, terrible things. Hudson Hawk is marvelous. You should I love mouth. Hudson Hawk. Okay. Hudson Hawk is marvelous in a bad way, but you know? it was a commercial <laughs> flop. Oh, it, was no, a, it, it was a commercial flop, but it, it is deliciously movie. awful. But no, so ultimately I, I mean, if you want, give give your thought about the movie back then and then now, and that's fine. Sure. Uh, personally, I'm not going to do that because we all know that I did like the movie when it came out, but now I'm just like going to give it like two, <laughs> no, <laughs> like like a like two, you know, useless spikes on the wall. That's that's what <laughs> I'm going to give it. Out of a possible, out of a possible five. Out of five, five. Yeah. So I, I I can't. I mean I. I, I will watch the movie. I will appreciate it for what it was. There's too much in it that takes me out of the experience now. I can't. I can't. See, and for me, this movie, whereas you said your your science fiction genre is the a convict. Bloodsport. Bloodsport. My science fiction genre is, oh, no, we don't know what to do on the ship. <laughs> <laughs> that is that is my genre. I will break in because which explains that last my, Sandra Bullock space. My favorite and uh, my favorite yes, moment. Gravity. My gravity. second favorite moment in this movie is when they oh no fire in space is yeah. when they get done watching the CD ROM of the, <laughs> of the of the original crew having their blood orgy. Yeah, Larry Fishburne has the perfect response. We're leaving. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> And I feel like they're going back to the screen. That discussion. woman's arm is in that man's ass. We gotta go. <laughs> yeah. We gotta go. Guy well, just reached down and, his throat and pulled his own fucking stomach out. Yeah, we're but, we're gonna go. Well, and and <laughs> that was there was a joke that Eddie Murphy had made 15 years ago. Yeah. in his stand up, where he was like. Amityville horror can only happen to white people, okay? Because that will believe an African American person move out. Too bad we can't stay though, and you know. <laughs> and that's when I see Larry Fishburne be like, "I'm out, cool, peace, yeah. boom." And I'm like, I just looked. I would look at whoever's with me. Like I was in the theater, going, "Too bad we can't stay though," you know. So. Yeah, I, have this, I actually have this. I have this secret theory that the the chemicals that they were using to control the white girls in Cabin in the Woods was actually pumpkin spice. Yeah, yeah, yeah it was. No. It was um, white people smell pumpkin spice and we behave irresponsibly. I mean, she was wearing UGG boots. She was. She was. She, was. she okay. white girl like no other white girl she could. Okay. But, but that's but which that is, is funny because she's Hispanic. Who's is that? she? Yeah, she's no, just they bleached dyed her blonde. Hair, that's right. Yep. Hey, oh, she's, acting. She's acting. 
I have to look at her not blonde. Thespian. Well, it's just like they took Not lesbian, thespian. From the Isle of Thespis, not yes. the Isle of Lesbos. They are two different places, and I'm not kidding. Look it up. And actually, now, yeah, that's now that's where Robin Wright lives. Now that that is where Robin Wright lives. Yeah, Wait, the Isle of Lesbos. And or she the has Isle of had Lesbos? entirely Lesbos. enough of your shit. Oh, well. Yeah, she's had enough of Kevin Spacey shit. Well, too, the Isle of Lesbos is where lesbian town is, right? Yeah. <laughs> it's uh, it's right well, it's, it's where right Sappho across. Had her it's across the channel from Triangle Town. <laughs> ah! Jeez. Oh, okay, that's a void reference. It is along um, with sentient home. No, that was curve. But yeah, Kurt no, that was brought Kurt. that. Jesus. But it was in the Christ. same episode. Yeah, no, it wasn't Raw. Oh, this, oh shit. You're that right. was before Raw. God um, damn it. We have know, so many so episodes. Anyway, so now, I'm sorry, you were actually about to give you a rating, and I, de- I, I derailed it. You're so fine. It was so, worthwhile, but damn. It was, no, so that is my favorite. Like, Sunshine is that, or there mm-hmm. there are a few films that fit. Um, Soul News, the one that came out last year, fantastic indie movie where they're trapped in the ship. Like, okay. I love when, in sci-fi, when people are trapped in a ship and they don't know what to do, because I love place horror, and it's like place horror in space. Right, right. You know, like, Session 9 is my go-to. Like, if you don't know what place horror is, that movie is place horror. Because it is, it's just because like, that is so for the, abandoned mental hospital. Yeah. So for, for the 90s reference, what about Cube? I love oh, Cube. Cube. I, there you Cube. go. It's Let's fun. bring that back. No, Cube is, Cube is one of the things I would love to do on this podcast, especially while it's on Netflix. It's another right. one that I, yeah, I rewatched recently, and I, I, love I didn't Cube. like it as much as I did the first time. But, but it's yeah, got it's Nikki DeBoer in it. And there's Cube 2, Hypercube. That's right. With time. Okay. But <laughs> anyway. my, so I love this movie. I thought it was a little boring at places, and it was a little drug out, and I do actually wish that, like, characters had motivation instead of just, like, possession, or mm-hmm. being Larry Fishburne just hating life. Everything, yes. Yeah, like, he just hated. That was his, his character progression, is he hated until he loved, right. and then he died. <laughs> so it's like the inverse of, of his Ike Turner role. Kind of, yeah, yeah, yeah pretty yeah, much. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Loved until he hated. Um, <laughs> so I and so I would give this. I would give this a solid three and a half out of five. As my partner said, "Why the fuck is there lightning in space?" I know. I was asking that yesterday. Why is there lightning and thunder in space? Yeah, yeah. Because they're inside the atmosphere. Also, they're, how they're, are they, they orbiting inside the atmosphere? It's a decaying orbit. They are actually. I, mm, I, I eventually, it's going to. It's going to like I don't fall think, into the. If it's, I would think Neptune, inside the atmosphere. I don't feel like gravity. Neptune has enough gravity to, to to deal with things that well. No. I, I know well, Lawrence Fishburne certainly doesn't. Actually, I'm pretty sure with the size of it, it has way too much gravity. Lawrence Lawrence Fishburne doesn't have any gravitas. No, close enough. No, not until he have that not until the Matrix. Okay, yes. I mean, speaking about that, the thing that undercuts him is his swingy chair. Yeah. Oh my gosh, <laughs> swingy chair. Oh, I love, I love the obnoxious. Like, I used to put infants in chairs like that. Yes. No. What I love, by the way, is the obnoxious like pre Game of Thrones. Samuel wants to sit in that fucking throne right. moment. Like he is right. so excited about sitting in that chair. It happens, he may as well like, just have times. his fingers tented, going seriously. Yes, excellent. Um, <laughs> So yeah, I, I well, I've already talked about how much I love this. I I went to see it opening night, walked out, called my friends, and said, "You have to come see this." And they came and saw it, and they didn't like it. Um, I mean, they're horrible people and deserve everything. No, actually, and, and it's interesting that I have grown into a much more bitchy, uh, a much more critical person about my movie watching. Than because they have. you're a hipster, and you never want to admit it. Yeah. So, um, <laughs> you know, I I live really hard in the meta these days. That's that's what yeah. I. That's really what I do. It it doesn't hold up. It's not as good as I thought it was. And is, is the meta a sentient whole? I don't know. The meta is where the people like, can't see it when you waggle your I live, eyebrows. I live. By the way. I live in the meta. I'm like, 
Like, you know when people used to say, don't go there, I live there. Oh, don't go there, girlfriend. You're like, I'm, I live there, I bitch. live there. I have, I, have a very, I have a nice little apartment there. Are we going to try bringing back Talk to the Hand, too? I am actually, the, I am actually the, the head of the official there tourism board. Um, <laughs> I drive the bus to there. Like, I leave there and come back and take other people there. Rate the movie, Andrew. Do you? Rate the movie. <laughs> um... I still like it. It's it still looks nice. Um, there are certain the, the the art design is really frankly marvelous. Um, a lot of the marvelous blood and gore and really really just inventive nastiness. I wish there was more of it. Um, I wish that we would maybe get that cut that he wants to put together. But even so, we're still talking about a solid three out of five eye vaginas. <laughs> That's all you need in life is three. What do you think, Dave? I mean, Um, this was your idea. Claire is a five-input woman. (laughs) (laughs) Mournful tits. You know what? DVD-A is is a different thing in Canada. (laughs) It is. So, DVD-A? All right. I made the joke. (laughs) Boom, shot. Canadian fans, write in and tell (laughs) us how Dave sucks. (laughs) Guess what? I'm on Twitter. Come find me. (laughs) So, um... My review of this is that I have watched this at least once a year since 1997. I've owned it on VHS. I've owned it on DVD. I will probably go find a Blu-ray copy. Uh, I rented it on iTunes. Super cheap Blu-ray copy on Amazon. Like a buck. (laughs) But that being said, um, it is a nostalgia goggle film for me. It's something that I understand that I like. I probably give more credit to it than it probably deserves. Um... However, as I've grown older, I've also become more critical of it. Yeah. And the CG hurts. The story <laughs> is weak. Very. The 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 still I, liquid water just hurts the, the fuck out of me. The, the, well, that's coolant. The, the no, suit, the, the in the bottle. bottle. Oh, uh, the, the, the falling coolant in the pools of stuff and the obvious fake fire effects from the coolant. Like, right. there's there's a lot of stuff that doesn't hold up. Um, I'm still gonna watch it. So. Uh, that is your prerogative. That's Dave. my prerogative, and and that's going to happen. So I'm I'm. It's not that I'm unaware of the criticism of the film. I am just obviously going to keep watching it because it's part of my pantheon. Right. Um, my story is that I saw it in the theater. I saw it with friends, and I had to carry somebody out of the theater because it scared them so much they lost motor. I still function. think she was lying to you. So, well, whatever. But I still carried him out anyway, uh, and I was a lifeguard at the time, so you know. It, Felt sexy. I don't know. But Baywatch. Anyway, Baywatch. <laughs> no, that's not. That's, <laughs> that's Chariot Chariots of Fire. Of Fire. And <laughs> I wasn't naked. So get that image in your head. So the long story short is I would give it a solid three out of five. Uh, reactor drives. How about that? Okay. <laughs> three out of five sci-fi faster than light drives. So because okay. they're black box or we explain them, whatever we're going to do. But I understand that some of that will gust up to a four. four I don't. And a half. I, I don't understand why they didn't use the word tesseract because that was explained to us in a wrinkle in time. Well, well, I mean, I don't understand why they didn't just you know completely rip off Hellraiser the way they wanted to. Right. I mean, because Stargate had happened three years ago. Because no one likes to be sued. God, I hated that. Uh, oh, that is a different episode, Stargate. and I don't have enough Stargate. time. Aww. I, couldn't, I couldn't watch it. That movie is too filled with nostalgia for me to I hate. specifically rented it because it was supposed to be awesome, and I couldn't watch it. Anyway, so... Um, so, we are we are just about ready to wrap it up, kids. Um, if you need to contact us, we're at bob at candycodedrazor.com. Visit us on the web at candycodedrazor.com. And you can catch us on Twitter at at CandyRazorBob. Also, you can search for us uh, using Candy Coated Razor Blades on Facebook. 
And if you want to contact me, uh, you can find me on Twitter at ZanmanHorrorFan. That's X-A-N-M-A-N HorrorFan. Or you can email me at PodcastHorror at gmail.com. You can catch me on Twitter at OhShutUpAndy. That's at OhShutUpAndy. Um, if you want to email me, um, you can reach me at MrPresident at WhiteHouse.gov. <laughs> um, and uh, uh, of course as the usual things please uh, if you like what you hear be sure to like subscribe rate and review at your podcasting outlet of choice even if you're not podcasting outlet of choice do it on all of them no yeah just like everywhere seriously. everywhere you can work everywhere. for us work for us work for us I don't even pay any of these people so <laughs> we do it for free we because, because we love you we get off on it that yeah, check will clear right. someday. And we talk Bob. a lot. Um, and thanks a lot. I'm Dave, and you can reach me at Croesus101, C R O S I S 101, at uh, Twitter. And don't email me. So, and last and on that note. Yes. Bye. 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 <laughs> oh, well, <laughs> The Candy Coated Razor Blades podcast is distributed under Creative Commons License 3.0, Attribution, Non-Commercial, Share Alike. Visit us on the web at www.candycoatedrazor.com. Cool, the is conceived.